This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Uber Eats hates late, but occasionally something unpredictable happens, causing your double bacon cheeseburger to be delayed. And on the off chance your order is late, we'll make it right with three months $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. That's kind of a big deal. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See uber.com slash uberone for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Man, there were some yep. long-range goals there. No tappings. It was uh, all outside yeah. the box. and Too lazy to get out the pitch. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> Forestieri. Here's Hogg. Dini! Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Welcome to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us today... Richard Johnson. Good evening, Jono. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you guys? We're doing well, mate. Living We're a dream. Yeah. I'm a bit annoyed that I'm watching you two drink wine. But... Yeah. Well, you've got <laughs> to join the party. <laughs> so, I don't uh... think there'll be too many that uh, will be surprised at that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, Richard, uh, you are, I think, uh, in a very elite group in being... There's not been many Australians that play for Watford, I think I'm right in saying. What brought you all the way from Australia to Watford? God, how long's your podcast? Oh, but as, as long as you want, mate. As long as you want. As long as you want, mate. Free yeah. for all. Go for it. Um, I was just, I was always brought up around football. So my, my mum and dad were originally from Preston, um, up north. Um, my dad was an apprentice at Preston North End, uh, got got released after the apprenticeship and um, and then a couple of years later I answered an ad in just a local paper up there they were starting up the Australian League they packed their bags got married quickly and went over immigrated to Australia so always sort of been in and around it we sort of they moved to Sydney first of all and um, he played for a team there and then he got put into a team in northern New South Wales which is basically the Hunter Valley the the coal mining area okay um, so yeah we I was Born and born and bred in Curry Curry Hospital there, and uh, part of part of the Coalfields area, which predominantly, to be fair, was sort of more rugby league than um, than football. But because of dad, uh, I was sort of always around football. He was not bad, to be fair, and they had a strong expat community there at Western. Um, so they had quite a few Scottish lads, English lads. They were a very good team. So 
I just sort of followed in his footsteps, if if you like. But yeah, to to come over here was was always a dream, I suppose. And Dad always said to me that look, if you want to pr- play professional football, then you've got to be in the UK. It's uh, yeah, just sort of came about. Played all my junior football, obviously in Australia. And then it was probably about well, just 15, was 16 years old, and um, I made the New South Wales Catholic Colleges schoolboy team. Okay. Um, and then we went on tour to Argentina and Chile. Wow. So that was around sort of 19, 1990, I suppose. Um, and then mum and dad were in the UK for Christmas. So I flew from Argentina to the UK, spent Christmas with them. Uh, I had three weeks at Liverpool on trial. Wow. Um, Steve, yeah, Steve Highway picked us up from Southport Cricket Club. Took us into training. Uh, so I had three weeks there. I uh, did quite well, to be fair, as well. But um they just sort of said to me that, listen, you're not better than, than what we've got. So um, didn't really get offered anything there. And then I had a month at, at Middlesbrough. Um, but two weeks into that, I pulled my thigh muscle and got injured. So that, that cut that short. Um, yeah, so I, I left left the UK that Christmas, went back, finished school. Uh, well, tried to finish school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a uh, high school certificate it was back then. So equivalent to GCSEs, what they are what they are here okay. um and at the end of that the old man just said look if you want to go back over then we'll, we'll support you so yeah wrote, wrote some letters i had a contact over there that knew a few, few people here as well um and tottenham and i'll keep this a little bit quiet you can edit this if you want but um i, I used to support tottenham as a kid really oh, so i used to like glenn Johnny. hoddle okay um, that's fair enough that's fair it's enough. not it's not the worst thing in the world no, no, so, it could be worse, yeah. Deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> so tottenham replied and offered me a offered me a trial so i flew back um 16 years of age on my own leaving wow. the family wow. behind. and um yeah got got picked up from heathrow uh by len cheese right who was the chief scout then at tottenham and uh yeah he picked me up um Heathrow November 1990 I think it was and then yeah the, the rest is history I suppose I had probably about five five months at Tottenham I had a couple of youth teams at the time so all sort of pretty much predominantly all, all the players at Tottenham's youth team came from Lillyshaw the um uh, football school of excellence really so uh, my my age group was uh Nicky Barmby Darren Kasky uh, okay. Danny Hill, Sol Campbell, sort of oh, nice, all yeah. in and around the same team that I was sort of playing in. Yeah, uh, Pat, Pat, Patsy Holland at the time, who was who was the coach of the the B side, he he wanted to keep me, um, but Keith Walden uh, said that I wasn't any better than what they had. And then it was just just by luck, really, a, an old player from Watford, Bill Shipwright, who you, who yeah played played for Watford. So. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple of connections, obviously, at Watford, um, and it sort of went from there. Steve Perryman, ex-Tottenham, was manager at the time. Wow. Yeah. Um, they phoned Watford up and said, look, we've got this lad here, uh, not quite up to our level, but might want to have a look at him. And then, yeah, that was it. Got, that got was on it. The tube, got on the train, went and played a, an under-16 game for Kenny, for Kenny's youth team, and he signed me straight away. Fantastic. So, yeah, that's quite a road, though, isn't it? Like, especially, yeah. like you say, you put it in perspective, like 16 years of age to come over, you know, not just another country, but the other side of the world and to go and to go and do that. Fair play to you, mate. Jesus. I was, I was quite lucky, really. Obviously, with my parents being English, I was able to get a British passport. 
Okay. I never really played any rep football, representative football for the, the young Aussie Aussie team. So I didn't really have any international experience. So having that passport was probably the only reason that I was able to stay. So I was, yeah, I was, I was pretty lucky. Were they putting you in cool. digs and stuff um, with with families yeah, and things? So, um, <laughs> so I, I left Australia in November and where I'm from... I, we're sort of just a couple of hours north of um, Sydney. It was 30, 30 odd degrees in November, <laughs> leading up to Christmas. <laughs> landed at Heathrow and in, in a blizzard. And, yes. uh, it was like the, the doors opened, snow was coming out. I had all these bags with me, and I just thought, "What have I done? What have I done?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not going out there. Yeah. Um, Len Chuzo had this old Ford Sierra, and he. He must have had a German Shepherd or something. I was like covered in dog hair, <laughs> bags in the back, and he he literally said about two words two words to me all the way back. And um, I got put in with a lovely family, to be fair. But it was right at the back of Lower Edmonton Station. Right, right. right I yeah. don't know if you know the area. Yeah, I know Lower Edmonton. Yeah. High rise sort of council flats and everything. Well, drove into this estate. There was a burnout car over there. And, <laughs> I'm just like holding on. I've got white knuckles holding on to the door, thinking, "Where, where are we going here?" Yeah, and uh, yeah, pulled up in front of this house and just said, "Look, that that's your landlady. Yeah. Uh, knock on number seven. Walk through the station in the morning. Get onto White Hart Lane. You'll get the number five bus to, to, the, to the stadium, and then yeah, you'll you'll meet everybody there yeah. the next day." So, Welcome to North of, London. Yeah. Whirlwind. Yeah. But, Brilliant experience. There's none of that about now, though, is it? I mean, it's all about like that. That wouldn't happen nowadays, would it? It's it's completely different. Yeah, it, it's all changed now. Um, basically, you can't can't sign international player until they're 18 now. So yeah, um, until they're 18. Sorry. So obviously, they can come over and trial and train with the club, but unless the family moved with them, so unless my family moved over with me and lived here with me, hmm. um, I, I, yeah, it, it's difficult to to do it. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has changed quite a bit, but that's a long yeah, way. Yeah, I, I look back at it now. To be fair, and um, I do, I do wonder sometimes if if it probably was a bit too young. It's young at sixteen, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's that, young. Those, those first couple of years being away from the family and and everything like that, it it was pretty tough. Although it was a great life experience for me, mm. yeah, have to grow up pretty quick. Um, you you do miss a lot of a lot of growing up, like having. There was first, no communications. There was no none of this in those days. Yeah, yeah. There was no Zoom, no Skype, nothing like that. You were just sort of relying um, on long distance phone calls and stuff, I guess. Yeah, and I, I wasn't the best communicator. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday Left morning. Australia, never phone yeah. back. No, we, haven't, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't heard from Sunday Richard. Sunday mornings, we had an agreed time all the time, and I, I was always off out or something. <laughs> Missing My, um, yeah, my. My dad was an only child, so his his parents moved out to Australia with him. And um, my my granddad, because uh, my dad used to work shift work and play football in the he worked in the coal mine, yeah, yeah. coal miner for thirty years. So it was my granddad that used to take me to quite a lot of my football when I was young, and um, he used to write me a letter um, every week, one a, le- a letter a week. And um, he, he was a mad gambler. He used to like the horses and. Um, Every, every week there'd be like fifty dollars or sixty dollars in this letter, and um, at, at the end of every letter, it's got "Don't tell your nana." So. <laughs> Quality. 
I've, I've awesome. still got all those letters to be fair. That's fantastic. That's awesome. That's brilliant. That's cool. Brilliant. So you, you came to Watford in the... Yeah, 91. 91, no, no, wasn't it? Yeah, no, 91. 91, I, um, okay. Yeah, so I did about probably five months at Tottenham and then um, did about, well, just under 18 months, I suppose, finished off my apprenticeship at Watford. Right. Um, so pretty much, yeah, 91 and then signed pro in 92. So, that, I mean, those are fairly, uh, I wouldn't say dark days, but they weren't... They're not that memorable, that sort of period, for me anyway. I think that, that period, the, the early 90s, was a bit kind of... It was a bit nondescript, wasn't it, really, Carl? It was a bit... Um... Yeah, well, I was... No, sorry, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, it was... it was uh, and, Until we kind of get onto where Graham, you know, comes back and bef- there was that period, obviously, late 80s, early 90s, where, we, you know, we just stumbled and fell a little bit, didn't we? And that, yeah, there wasn't really anything that was like you can sort of look back and go, wow, we did this, we did that. You know, it was, it was a bit of a, not say non-event because obviously it's part of the history. But yeah, there's nothing that I really look back on that and go, yeah, that was good. Mm. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, I, I know I look back at it, um, especially when when I first came. Obviously, I made my debut at 17, which was mm. unbelievable for me. Uh, just getting the pro pro contract was everything I ever wanted. So... That was sort of one ticked off, and then I, I made my debut at seventeen. But I look around at, at that that period of time um, when Steve Perryman was there, and we had an experienced team. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some really really good players. I, I remember coming up playing in the resies and that Glenn Roder, obviously. Yeah, awesome. God bless him. Yeah, passed away. There was Glenn sort of just coming to the end of his career, supporting all the young lads through the resies. Um, Luther was still having a kick about then. Um, oh, okay. So, and then you look in the first team, like players Alan Devonshire and Peter Nicholas and yeah. Joe yeah. McLaughlin, who come from Chelsea. So that we had yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, experienced players, and for whatever reason, it obviously just didn't didn't click. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know. So I, I thought I had a pretty good day. I was Cambridge away. We beat them one 0 I think Steve one. Butler scored the winner. Yeah, um, I, I didn't play for about twelve months after that. <laughs> <laughs> Not as impressive as you right. thought. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so if we move yeah. into the into the mid nineties, then um, there was a, there was a period certainly where there was a it was felt to, to there was a swing upwards in our fortunes, which would have been when Graham Taylor came back. Um, and I'm thinking particularly of the ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety nine seasons where we, you know promoted twice in two years which was um you know for a fan absolutely fantastic if we go back mm. to the uh 97 98 season obviously there's a few games that come to mind um one of them would be at kenilworth road uh where we won 4-0 now you scored the first goal in that game uh, a left-footed screamer uh from outside screamer. it was it was, it, was, it was the daisy cutter the keeper jumped over it, yeah, it, was, it i know it dribbled along the floor but it you know it went in well he could have done all right okay all right. Well, don't put it down joy it was a you know for us we were dancing and celebrating Listen, any goal against that lot is a screamer yeah, yeah, all right exactly i'll exactly. you know, just put it was it was left-footed so i'll take a screamer okay yeah, 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 yeah. Not a daisy cutter. Yeah. yeah. All right. It was along the floor, but it was it went in from quite a distance. So, um, we yeah. had, we had a chat with um, Peter Kennedy about this match, and we were we were talking to him about what was said at half time because obviously at half time we were four nil up, um, and we were romping the game, and then the second half was you know 
a bit more muted. Um, we asked him what was said at half time, and he sort of said, I can't really remember, but I think Graham Taylor probably said, take it easy, second half. Can you remember what was said in the dressing room at half time? Yeah, I, I think G2 was a little bit worried of uh, us scoring another goal and there being riots. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, there would have been as well. You could have feel well, it. You could feel it, yeah. I don't know if you read, because I, I was there, but, they, but the, I remember the horses coming on at half time. Yeah, oh, they did. They? They? Yeah, 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 the horse, mounted yeah, police, the police, mate. And I thought, that ain't good. That's, uh, that's going to end bad. They were yeah. banging on Lenny uh, Lawrence's dugout as well. It's like bang, 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 bang. I yeah, like, oh. I was just about to say that. I remember seeing Luton fans going for Lenny Lawrence yeah. um, behind their own dugout. Yeah, uh, man. So, yeah, that, that was just an amazing day, uh, a special day. I think before GT said anything, he, he gave Guy Thomas a, a good roasting for taking his shirt off. <laughs> well, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. He ran away with it over his head, didn't he? Waving it over his head. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, did he, he, so did yeah, he actually tell you to calm down? Those tight tops that they've got today. No, that's true. That's true. So did he actually say, look, listen, second half, just take the foot off the gas and take it a bit easier? Or Yeah, to, to a degree, but not, not specifically like that. But he, he, he was concerned about the, the supporters going, going a bit mad and it sort of getting out of hand. <laughs> so that was sort of the gist of just of what was said, I suppose. Okay, I think we could Blessings. tell. We could tell because it wasn't quite as yeah. uh, pacey. Well, we should have had a penalty in the second half. That was a stone waller, wasn't it? And the referee was like, no, I'm not giving it. You could yeah. tell, couldn't you? He was like, I'm not giving yeah. that. Was that when Ronnie Rosenthal yeah, went over, was it? Yeah, I think it was Ron- Ronnie Rosenthal, Rosenthal got fouled, didn't he, I think? Yeah, yeah it was, Ronnie. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a stone wall penalty and he just he, he bottled it. He was like, no, I'm not giving that. Yeah. yeah. But that was a fantastic day, season. Though. Oh, Good yeah. Day. I mean, mate, that day was absolutely, you know, for me, it's, it'll live long in my memory for, forever because it was just, you know, four nil after a half an hour or whatever. You're thinking, I can't, I can't believe I'm seeing this. You know, it was mm. just, it's just brilliant. And to do it, so, yeah, I've got a, you know, it's, it's one of the first. Whenever you speak to Watford supporters or anything like, it's, it's one of the first. It's the things first. That I bet it is. The first yeah. for me. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick one, Joe. I just wanted to, ask, yeah, just on the back of like talking about that and. Uh, and Graham Taylor, we, we've we've spoke to a, you know a good few players now, uh, as Justin said, and you know that have worked under Graham. Is there any sort of memories you've got of Graham, or a story that really stands out for for you, like personally with Graham Taylor, where you thought funny, or you know just something that that, that maybe sticks in your mind with him? Yeah, listen, there's there's loads of memories that I've got, but just a sort of an. an overview for me is I I probably wouldn't have had the career I had at Watford if it wasn't for Graham so mm. I I owe him I owe him quite a lot to be fair um obviously with Steve Perry making my debut Glenn Roder even with Kenny Jackett really I, I wasn't like a, a set regular if you like yeah and, yeah when Graham sort of took over the reins from Kenny um in, in that season he I don't know he just must have seen something in me or showed a little bit of faith in me but that that was obviously the best best period of my career, so I, I owe that to to Graham. But I, I think with 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 the gaffer, it was he he was fair with everyone. To be fair, but you had to show that you yeah. wanted to play. As long as you gave a hundred percent commitment, termination, did everything you could, he he'd stomach you having a, an off day. But as long as the effort and the the attitude and like I said, the commitment was there. He 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 backed you all day long. That's what sort of player I was anyway. I, I wasn't that skillful, but I was a grafter. I worked hard, and I sort of I think he sort of bought into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it gave me confidence to go out and play. And I think that period ninety seven ninety eight 
um, and the, the following season where we got promoted, um, I was pretty much injury free. Um, yeah, yeah. I had some terrible injuries as a player coming through and probably that, that those two seasons, I was pretty much in injury free and had a, a good run of games. Um, but yeah, just admiration for him. He, he was un- mm. unbelievable, really. Um, although some, yeah, uh, <laughs> some, some <laughs> of the training sessions and stuff like that were sort of, yeah, a bit, bit out there. Like we used to do um, pattern of play um, before, before games, but without the ball. So we'd all be in our positions and like we'd have to pass an imaginary ball to each other and move <laughs> and come out the other way and pass another, like not even kicking a ball. So, yeah, that's a bit different. Listen, he, he was fantastic. And I, well, I dare say that anybody who ever spoken to about, about him says the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that everyone. But everyone that we've spoken to has got some sort. You know, even we spoke to Michael Hyde recently, and he tells a great story where he got left in a preseason friendly because him and Charlie, yeah. Charlie him Miller, <laughs> put their Charlie hands on each other's knee, yeah. A team photo, yeah. So it's just stuff like that. And and when you actually speak to the player, I mean, look, as as fans, we love Graham Taylor, you know, implicitly that you know for what he done for the for the club. But when you actually hear it from players and like you know players like yourself, where. You're you're still at the club now, you know, in some capacity. So yeah. that that's still the link to, to Graham Taylor, you know, even mm. what you're doing now, and we'll come on to that later. But it, it's it's really cool to hear it from, you know, every player's got just a little snippet that's slightly different. You know, Nicky Wright remembers yeah. getting a rollicking because he didn't trap the back post, and you know, it, 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 different things at training and stuff like that. And then when you put it all together, it's actually like it builds our, a picture, doesn't it? It builds a picture. Yeah, our, yeah, our, our, our feelings towards him is something but actually when you build a picture he was like so ahead of his time for a manager you know like for, yeah. for the stuff he was doing it's incredible incredible yeah, I've, I've had uh, chats with uh, Kenny Jacket since mm. um, uh, Kenny was my youth team coach he was pretty much a father figure to me being away from yeah. home and everything and it, even Kenny used to say that sort of GT used to see things in a game before that even happened he'd know what was what, what was, was going to go yeah mm. wow to, yeah, to have that sort of insight was was pretty special. Um, but like you say, obviously we had the success on the pitch, but I think it was his legacy be- before that um, mm. in that first spell with Elton and yeah, yeah. what he did with that group of players coming through the divisions. But what Watford as a club um, generally has a family feel. It's very community based. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think he, he drove that. So. Mm. We were well well rehearsed in that when when we became players, and it was sort of our duty that we had to follow that on. So doing community engagements, going to schools, and yeah, just things like that. Graham made made us do that. It was part of being a being in the Watford family, if you like. And oh, fantastic! I think yeah. that that's that's special as well. Yeah, yeah massively, massively. So the, the the following season, um, then we had a day out at Wembley, which for Watford fans is rare, very very rare. Um, well, yeah. End successfully anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, ones where we actually win. Um, and uh, yeah, you were part of that game, weren't you? You played in the the match at Wembley. Um, did you have your family over from Australia and uh, all that sort of thing? I was, yeah, I was, I was quite lucky because I remember that season we were sort of just floating around mid-table, weren't we, with about 11 yeah. games to go. Yeah, and it was then a hell of a run, run yeah. to, yeah. 
to get in the playoffs. And um, you're drinking your red wine first. I am. You? Sorry, Jono. Yeah. yeah. So cheers. <laughs> We we, uh, yeah, we we snuck in the playoffs and obviously uh, drew Birmingham. So oh, yeah. as soon as I knew that, I phoned mum and dad and dad flew over. Um, he got over for the second leg away at Birmingham. Oh, really? Uh, that was yeah, quite so a spirited was, affair, was, wasn't it, that game? Wow. Yeah, quite so the he atmosphere. was in with all the Watford, Watford oh, supporters right. um, watching, watching with everyone else and then Obviously, if I was could... him, I would have gone. I'm Jono's dad, and he would have <laughs> yeah. paid for a beer yeah. <laughs> all night. <laughs> Come this way, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, I've done I done think... it with Craig Cathcart. I met Craig Cathcart's dad at Wembley. He went, "Oh, I'm Craig Cathcart's dad." I went, "Put your wallet away. You drink free." <laughs> yes. yeah. awesome. I remember. Um, I think I ended up taking taking the old man to Kudos that night. Oh, get in. Awesome, get in. That is quality. When we spoke to Peter Kennedy, uh, he suggested that he should have a statue outside Kudos, didn't he, for the two goals that he scored against Luton? The two goals at yeah, because yeah. he scored two goals at yeah. At, he said, I think there, I, he, "He thinks I should have a statue outside." Well, Destiny he called it. It was Destiny to him, wasn't oh, it? Of course, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was yeah, Destiny. Yeah. yeah, I bumped into you before in Destiny, actually. I oh, think, dear. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where that's that story another, ends. That's another, that's another podcast. That one. <laughs> so yeah, so Wembley then. Um, obviously, you had your family there. Your, your, your dad was there. Was was you know? Have you got any great memories? Yeah, of that so what I was, yeah. What I was going to say. So the old man, um, he was uh, there for the the second leg, and then obviously we knew. So mum flew over for the for the final for the Wembley game. Right. So mum and dad were both there. So I was pretty pretty lucky to be fair to have them there, but. They they treated as a special day because growing up in Australia, especially um, obviously one I wanted to be a professional footballer as a kid, mm. um, which I sort of I, I managed to do. And then growing up in Australia with sort of the big expat community there was, we always used to have FA Cup parties. Oh right, okay. so, cool. Yeah, yeah, so all the all these sort of Oms and Scots used to get together and um, have these big FA Cup parties and. Probably one of the only nights we used to get to stay up till about two in the morning because of the kickoff, the time. Oh, so, oh course, the different times. Course, yeah, 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 yeah. So it was always a dream of mine to to play at Wembley, um, albeit in an FA Cup final, but uh, a playoff play final play. was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You went up the steps and lifted a trophy, mate. That's that's more than we'll ever do. Did, so you know. yeah, exactly. It's going to say I had to pay to go up on the steps at Wembley and lift a trophy. Yeah, and that's get right. My yeah. taken. the tour, and it was empty. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite the same. Yeah, no one there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, special times. Uh, I look back with fond memories of that day. Just just on the, on the day, I, and I won't say what the other players said, but on the day, so you're in the tunnel, What what's your feelings going out in that, on that pitch? What's your overriding sort of kind of a, a emotion? Um, just pride, really. But I knew, I knew in the changing room that we were going to win that day. There we um, go. Yeah. That's what I wanted to hear because that's what, that's what they've all said. Everyone yeah, yeah. Said uh, yeah. The yeah. togetherness and the feeling we had... Um, we were all in a huddle before that game in the changing room, and they, GT, we had all suits and shirt and tie on because it was obviously a special occasion for us. And GT saw Bolton turn up and they had their tracksuits on, like they'd been there, done it, and they just thought they were going to rock up. They, they had a good team, to be fair. Yeah, um, they, they did. Loaded these like Good Johnson was playing for them at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we. We sort of, I, I definitely had a feeling. I, I knew we were going to win um, before we even got in the tunnel. Just had a had a feeling. Yeah. I, I mean, myself and Justin, like, as I say, I don't want to keep going back over it, but we spoke to a few players that are part of that team. And we 
you don't realise now, especially when you look back at it, how good that team was. Even the season before, you know, the the, the players that we had and the, the and the little partnerships all over that, you know, even like Alec Chamberlain was immense that yeah. day, especially in the final. He was immense that day. And then you look at, you know, you've got Pagey, you've got Robbo, you've got Alan, you know, and he brought players in like Alan Smart and Nicky Wright, which I remember at the time, a lot of people were kicking off about that. Oh, we bought two two players from Carlisle, like two kind of unknowns from Carlisle. You know, I thought yeah. we were we were going for promotion. And, you know, what a sort of two-finger salute that is to the to yeah. the people that doubted it because Graham knew the potential of what they were and it was it was just brilliant how he got it all together and just to stick. And like you just say, he created such a, you know, like a, a feeling probably that we've struggled to get ever since really, you know, because, and, yeah. and, a, and the reason I say that is probably because of the consistency with the management and the, and the, the way we are as a club at the moment, which, which is another thing, but it, it's hard to get that and, and to really build something when you're kind of always looking over your shoulder, there's going to be a change. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it's, yeah, it's a strange, it's yeah. a strange feeling. It's not a feeling I've probably had since, you know, and I, and I remember on the day and I've said it before, Bolton fans that were turning up at Wembley because we were obviously we haven't got to travel far and, and a lot of the Bolton fans were coming into Watford to then get on the trains. They they turned up thinking they'd won. Yeah. You know, they were they were so cocky and confident. And I I, I forget who told me, but it was a player, but I actually forgot about it. We beat them twice that season. You know, yeah, so it shouldn't yeah. yeah, so it shouldn't yeah. have been it shouldn't have been like that. It was it was a weird day, but I think I mean I remember coming out of the ground and this guy giving me absolute pelters before as we were going into into Wembley. Absolute all the time, you know, why have you bothered turning up and blah, blah, blah. And as we come out, we were walking past this burger place, like a Wimpy or a Burger King. Other burger franchises are available. Are available, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was in the window. He was in the window. So I was like, bow, 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 bow. <laughs> and he's just face down. In... <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, I know. That was like, great, what, mate. What, I mean... what, a, what a day. And, and, you know, Nick Wright to score that goal as well was just, you know, something something different wasn't it you know what a, what a goal to score but just, yeah fantastic yeah, times yeah going back on the on the lads on the team um the gaff just had a sort of a knack of finding those types of players mm. i think he did his homework to be fair on a, on a lot of players making sure they were of the right character mm. um yeah i think during that sort of successful period we had a, a team pretty much that would have I know it's a cliche, but run through brick walls for each other. Yeah, yeah. probably weren't individually the best players, um, most skillful players, but as a as a team, we were fit and we used to grind teams down. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we we just had a sort of togetherness that that got us through games. To be fair, there was a spirit. There was definitely a spirit, and you could feel it as a fan as well. You could actually feel mm. it that there was a, mm. a good feeling running through the team. It was just you know those those two seasons were magical. Um, just, just great fun to watch football wise, and to be part of it was just amazing. It was really good. Yeah, Loved yeah. It. I've had many a hangover because of you, Jono. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't even been drinking with him. How does this work? Yeah. No, I haven't. No, no. no. Just yeah, it's still his fault though, isn't it? it so. is fault, That's yeah. right. I'll take that blame. Take that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's um, it, it's crazy, and uh, you look back at who was your your kind of um, who was your like. I assume it was Micah, but it was your kind of like roomie or person that you used to sort of hang around with at that 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 time outside of sort of as maybe outside or you know yeah, who you used I, to. I got I got to be honest with you, I, I got on pretty well with with everyone. To be fair, obviously on the pitch, um, it it was Micah. He's the best player I've ever ever played with. Um, 
uh, throughout my career, really, just for the fact of the success we had, but the partnership yeah. we had. But we actually got along pretty well. Um, I still I still see him to this day, talk to him. And um, when he was academy manager at Dagenham, he brought me in. I had to I coached the 15s for a little bit for him. And um, but on the pitch, we sort of just complimented each other, I suppose. Um, he was skillful, Micah. He would he had a great engine on him. He could pick yeah. a pass. Um, I'd, he I'd could run. He could run, couldn't he? As well, he was. Yeah, we, just, we, yeah, yeah. We were fit. I mean, Graham Taylor used to say, "Lots of teams play with three, three in the mid in the midfield then as well." And um, he just used to say to me and Micah before games, like, "Just pick up one and a half each." So we, <laughs> me and Micah were, were always doing doggies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, we'll do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I never, never used to get because. Um, Obviously, I like to tackle. Aggression was sort of part of my game, um, to be fair. But GT always used to try to get us to intercept rather than tackle. So, yeah. read the game. So, he'd sort of say, get yourself in a position where you can close out. But if he passes it, you can go and intercept and you don't have to tackle. Just little things like that that sort of changed my outlook on the game. Uh, sort of break, breaking the play up rather than... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like getting stuck in. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, just in general, I was friends with whoever wanted to go for a beer, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Love Quality. it. <laughs> That's awesome. I kept Love quite it. close to everyone. <laughs> I, I still, yeah, I, I look back now and um, I, I still speak to most of them, most of the boys. Yeah, um, Nick, Wright, Nick Wright was saying there's a WhatsApp group where you all sort of still talk and catch yeah, up with each other. Yeah, that 99 squad, yeah, because a few years ago, um, on the anniversary of it, I, I organised because I was back working at the club, obviously. And, yes, um, yes. I, we organised a reunion dinner. Yes. Um, so it was held at Shendish Manor, um, and basically every every player on that day either played or was on the bench. We got back. So Ronnie Ronnie came back from Belgium. We got Michelle over from Belgium. Alan Hazan come from Israel. Wow. Um, so we, we had probably had about 250 people sort of jammed into Shendish Manor and um, just relived that whole that whole sort of season, if you like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the playoffs finals. So that was a great season. To, to have that as a as a team and people to still be in touch, I think it's quite rare. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 20 years ago. Yeah, 21, 22 yeah, years ago. Yeah. Such a transient sport, isn't it? Players yeah, yeah. come and go and yeah, yeah. people move on. But. We had a, a special bond uh, with that team. And, yeah, like Nicky said, we, we still keep in touch to this day. Amazing. That's cool. Amazing. Do you have any memories of the Premier League year? Because, again, that was one, another one of those seasons where I remember games, a few games, but largely I just remember turning up and watching us lose heavily. <laughs> we yeah, I get, I, just before you sort of answer that, I, I think because I was going to ask you a question, because obviously you've been part of teams where players have come in and you've got you've got that that togetherness that you've just spoken of, you know. You've got that, and then you try and add different players from different cultures, and 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 probably don't necessarily get you know get it really what 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 it's about. And I think that's probably quite hard, and probably what Watford Watford suffered with a little bit when it was you know basically promotion, promotion, promotion. Ah, right now we need to go and throw some money at it. You you look at that. Obviously, GT tried to pick players with a little bit of experience, but you look back at it. Predominantly, the the squad that he kept faith pretty much yeah. with the boys that got promoted from second division, if you like, up, up to the Premier League. So it was a massive jump in sort of ability, if you like. And the Premier League 
um, back there. I know it's fast and furious now, but for for us coming from sort of second to winning the playoffs and then going up, it, it was yeah. a it was a big jump. Um, but I think Graham at that time pretty much wanted financial security for the club. Mm. So although I, I think it's twenty million we got, it's like hundred and twenty million now. Which yes, shows yeah. you shows much, you where it's gone. Yeah. That twenty million to the club back then gave us financial security, um, mm. and he didn't really go out and spend loads of money. No. Sort of tried to back us group of players, and yeah, I suppose looking back at it now, the some individual players obviously did quite well, but I think over over a long season, obviously we 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 just weren't weren't good enough. But um, it it was a fantastic experience personally for me, a dream come true again playing the Premier League. I think when I was fit, I I sort of had my moments. I did okay. Um, But I remember, I think the the Liverpool game where Tommy scored. Uh, we beat him one nil away, I think. Away um, at Anfield, yeah. Yeah, so I I did my knee. Steven Gerrard sort of went over on my my knee, and I I did my medial ligament, and I was pretty much out for nice. two and a half, nearly three months with that. Um, and then I sort of came back, um, did okay, and then third third last game, I think we had Man United at home, and that that's when I did my knee. Um, Is that when Micah got sent off? Yeah, that was. Um... Yeah, he had a row with Nicky Butt. He Nicky did. They both yeah. got sent off, didn't they? Yeah, that was a, that was a really yeah. weird game because they'd already been uh, crowned as champions. We'd already been relegated, so it was one of those sort of games you think, mm, you know, it's a bit of a, yeah. bit of an odd game. But you did make the yeah. trip to Old Trafford bearable by scoring that goal because I think we, we lost four one, I think. But you you uh, volleyed the ball in from the left hand side of the goal, didn't you? If I remember rightly, yeah, couldn't couldn't really celebrate too, too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, down. No, no, but you scored at Old Trafford. You did make that bearable <laughs> for me because I, I went to that match and it was a long journey home. I can tell you, <laughs> but yeah, great goal, yeah. <laughs> great. Goal. I, um, yeah, it was quite funny because obviously Mark Bosnich was in goal. He was, yes, uh, that's right, yeah, yes, he was, Bos- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I scored that goal, and then probably about three weeks later, I got. Um, invited to my first Aussie squad, so we we had a, a couple of games against um, sort of a, a mixed Brazilian squad, if you like. They were preparing for the Olympics, but they had a couple of, like Ronaldinho um, was was playing for the really? Brazil wow. team. Yeah, so they had Danielson. They had a few boys. Ronaldo, old Ronaldo, was supposed to come back, but he, he didn't make it. But chubby, I, chubby Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got, got the camera up. Yeah, here. that's why I'm down here, but yeah. <laughs> um, so no, so I I went back, got included in that squad, and I remember we, we were staying in a hotel in Sydney, and then I obviously had to get changed, go down on the bus, and go training. And Bozza was sat sat in front of me, and I sort of put my arm through and like tapped him on the shoulder, and he just sort of turned around and he went. You were lucky, like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great goal. That was, uh, yeah. But, yeah, but no, moments like that, obviously scoring at Old Trafford, uh, scored at home against Liverpool. Um, yeah, that was so, a great yeah, talk as well. We, we were literally talking about that before you come on. Xavier yeah. Gravelin laid it off, didn't he? And you whacked it in. Yeah, just side side footed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so memories like that, you you're never going to lose. Um, and the, the Liverpool game away, uh, just the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. You know before. Because um, obviously I went, I went there on trial, didn't I? So I've, yeah. I've got a. My mum kept a scrapbook of everything for me from when I was like six years of age, and um, there's a picture in the in the scrapbook when I went there on trial. So there's 
I'm, I'm looking out the window at my mum and dad who've sort of taken a photo with me on the bus. We used to get changed at Anfield and then go to the training ground. So there's Kenny Dalgleish sat at the front. Um, there's Ronnie Whelan, who else? John Barnes, uh, Jan Mulby, or like all and on wow. this picture that I've got on the on this bus. So nice. Like, yeah, uh, nice. Go back there and obviously such a, a tradition with the club and everything. And when we were sort of stood in the <laughs> before the before the game, you know, just before the kickoff they hold the scars and sing Yeah, level. yeah, the cops sing, don't they? Yeah. Oh mate, it, it was yeah, uh, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, good, good. But that, time. that's kind of why you want to be a professional footballer, isn't it? To play in front of the, you know, to score at the, you know, at the cop end, and uh, you know, all the all the stadiums around the world that you, you can name all of them. But it, that's the whole reason why you, you set out on that journey, isn't it? To to do that. So you must have been. Yeah. I, I guess I guess that's where being a professional and being you know somebody that used to, you know used to play Sunday League at Casterbury Park, go out hungover, vomit guts up and then that's my professional standard that's your weekend whereas you've got you've got to focus on trying to play at Anfield with that you know that that's that takes some doing that does take some that's the difference yeah, I mean, guys, the... guys like that I've got so much admiration for because they still love the game don't they they still want to yeah, play yeah. that's that's just what we we love to do and we were lucky enough and privileged enough to get paid to do it so yeah that's true yeah and then that I... is true you just ran the wrong time really because now the money is Mega. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I'm not one to look back. Anyway, fair play to to what they get now. Um, uh, but don't you think it's don't you think it's is it too much too soon? In your opinion, I in my opinion is that you know you've got potentially 17, 18 year olds who haven't kicked yeah. a ball in their life and they're earning I, seventeen grand a week. I don't know. I personally think it's spoiled the game to a degree. Yeah, uh, but that's that's, that's the game. The that's yeah, yeah. that's not the players' yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody in in any walk of life would take take that sort of money, of course it would. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course it would. I think um, it, it's it's the game's fault, really. The way it's gone, obviously, the ridiculous amounts of money they pay for the TV rights now for the Premier League. But yeah, I, I think probably some sort of responsibility with clubs for those young pros that sort of the the Liverpool, not to I don't know, just the. Give them the contract, but obviously just give them enough what they need to live off, keep the rest, and then when they're twenty-one or they 18, can have it, yeah. Uh, then, then that's their responsibility. But sort of sixteen, seventeen-year-olds at some clubs now are earning five, ten grand a week, even more. Yeah, and never, and never yeah. kicked a ball really in the, in the no. you know, for the first team and, and stuff like that. It, it just yeah. it's scary, I think, more yeah. than anything. Uh, and I think the the lands, yeah, the landscape's probably changed a, a little bit with COVID and. Mm. Sort of the financial constraints now, so it it might change. I think there's talk of salary caps coming in at League Two and stuff like that. So yeah, because we were talking uh, when we spoke to Mike because his lab was at um, Colchester. Colchester. Yeah. Colchester. Yeah. Yeah. He got obviously they've they've had to make so many cutbacks. They you know mm. they've had to let him go. But it, it, it's players like that. I know it, obviously his situation is his his dad was an ex professional footballer, so he can kind of guide him, but. It's a worry at these times, you know, the, the kids that are trying to break through, you know, what happens to them? If, if, yeah. If they haven't got football, where do they go? It's kind of like, yeah, it's all it's a bit... It's topic at the moment, isn't it? The, yeah. the player welfare side of it, mm. um, pathways outside the game and education. and That's it. Um, I think, obviously, with that tragic story of the, the young lad from Man City that... Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it is so sad. Um, but I think from a, from a club or... Even a parent um, perspective, really, I think 
to have those realistic conversations with but not everybody's going to make it um mm. although you're getting offered a scholarship or coming through a club there's only ever a very small percentage that do go on and have sort of a, a career yes careers so i think mm. as long as you're sort of honest and open and communicate throughout the whole process with players then it won't be such a i don't know a sort of a, a bombshell if you like when, when you sort of get released but I think being back at the club now and obviously getting involved with the academy a little bit more, I think it is a, a big part of the game, um, yeah. sort of get getting boys prepared for life outside of football. Because let's be honest, it might not be getting released. You, you might get injured, break your leg and then... Break your leg, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything. So it's preparing boys or players enough to be able to cope in the outside world. So... Mm. Although you're sort of all the training and the football side of it, you want to you want to sort of um, help them as much as you can. I think nowadays with everything that's going on with mental health and and all of that sort of stuff, having a, mm. a good network and support network at clubs is vital now. Vital, yeah, massively so. Yeah, no, no, good point. <laughs> So going back to your story, Jono, um, there was a nasty rumour that you were going to go to Leeds, which upset me enormously. What, yeah, what and happened, me. What happened with the, the Leeds move? Or was that just a rumour or was that definite? Um, or? Yeah, it was a bit, bit of a rumour, a bit of a bit of truth. I, I think it was it was at the end of the Premier League season. Um, I, my agent had spoken to David O'Leary. Um, there was sort of potential opportunity at the end of that season, but... I got injured in the yeah. United game and I, I was pretty much out for two years after that. That's a long um, time, yeah. Long so, time. Yeah, yeah, so, I, well, I ruptured, ruptured my cruise ship, ruptured my lateral ligaments, did my cartilage. Um, I sort of had the operation, went to this surgeon in Cambridge and um, basically I, I just couldn't get back fit. Um, I, I kept stupidly going back to see the same surgeon, to be fair, and he just kept, so, kept saying that, scar tissue you got to get through it push through it but every time I started running my knee just kept swelling back up swelling up so I'd have to wait for another month to that go for that to go down before I could start working again and I think I came back at, at the end of that um season I think we played Gillingham Gillingham away I think Paolo scored Paolo Vanessa mm-hmm. hey, um, nice. yeah but I remember running on the pitch and like my knee just didn't feel right. I pushed my way through. I come on a sub, um, but that pre-season Viali had come in. Um, Viali was in, and um, I, he just said to me, "He said, look, I'll, I'll take you to see my surgeon um, in in Rome, Mariani, Doctor Mariani." Okay. Um, and then I had a surgeon who was from Australia who I knew. Um, he was actually um, lecturing in in Belgium in Bruges. So I, I went to see him as well with a fresh set of scans and both of them just said, look, the, the graft is the new ligament. They've put it in the wrong place. Oh, my God. Um, Blimey. So I was trying to get that fit for a year, had three more operations during that year as well. Um, and at the end of it, it was it was nothing I could have done. It was just the ligament was in the wrong place, so it kept catching on the bone every right. time I ran. Jesus. Um, so basically, I well, I tried to sue him, to be fair, uh, for negligence, but the, the other surgeon who corrected it 
um, the the guy from Australia. I flew home and had it all sort of corrected. Yeah. He just said that he's done it differently than what I would have, and they didn't really want to go against another surgeon, if you like. So oh, okay. That, that, that went nowhere. So I was pretty much out for another 11 months after that, 10 months. So, so a fit Richard Johnson would have signed for Leeds, you think? Um, well, potentially. I, I don't know. There was nothing set in stone. but yeah, You'd have a really funny accent now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite mixed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, who who knows? So who you, knows? you you did play under Viali, didn't you? Did you play under Lewington as well, or was that towards the end? Of no, your so time? yeah, so I'd I'd come back um, fit. Uh, Ray Ray was manager, and they, I think they just brought Gavin Mann in and a few others. And oh, okay, they yeah. just said, "Look, I appreciate how long you've been at the club and everything." He said, "But um, you probably won't get much game time." Ray Ray was a top guy. Um, I didn't have any any problems or anything like that at least he was honest with me you know mm. um but i'd been out so long i didn't want to just spend another season playing the odd game or yeah. playing sort of reserve team football if you like or mm. anything like that but probably my biggest regret that season and leaving the club had offered me a testimonial mm. um so oh. i so i'd given up my testimonial just because I wanted to go and play. So, yeah, I, I probably look back at that and think I, I should have taken my testimonial, really. Well, after um, 12 years, yeah. Yeah, you probably should. Yeah. That would have been a sellout, yeah. Yeah, so I, I look back at that and sort of with a little bit of, not regret, but, yeah, um, maybe I should have taken that. But uh, And then it was a struggle, really. I, I left, um, went to Colchester for a little bit, played a few reserve games, and they couldn't make a decision on me. And then Gifton phoned me up when he was up at Stoke. Um, That's it. So, I remember Stoke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Gifton phoned me up and um, said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm here, but they haven't offered me anything. So he told Tony Pulis to send someone to, to watch me play. Um, and he sent his sort of his right-hand man at the time, uh, Lindsay, and um, he he come and watched me play, and then Tony Pula signed me. But it was sort of uh, a week by week thing, or pay, pay as you pay as you play. Like, so yeah, I, I was living in St Albans and travelling up to Stoke. So being away from home, hotel Monday, Tuesday, come mm. home Wednesday, then go back sort of Thursday, Friday, and mm. yeah, it's not game. it's not and ideal, is it? Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't good fun to be fair. And his training was hard. <laughs> so was I was travelling all that way just to run me up, run me ass. <laughs> was he was he was he bad was he was he like a, a yeah. bit of a he was, he was he was good though Tony I I really liked him you you knew what you were going to get there was no airs yeah. and graces pretty much a bit like GT in terms of if, if you gave your your all then he, yeah. he he would back you you know but yeah. so I went there played a few games he 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 sort of had two teams Tony so he'd have a home team and then an away team if you like so I'd always play just in that holding midfield role when we when we went away from home, played away games, which was good. That they had a good squad there. I enjoyed my time. But then Kenny phoned me up when he was at QPR. QPR with, um, in Holloway. So he asked if I wanted to wanted to come there. So and that was obviously just down down the road training wise. So I, I got it's to move back home closer than Stoke. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot a lot so, more manageable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I went and played probably about the last, I don't know, 12 games of the season. We ended up getting promoted on the last day. We played away at Sheffield Wednesday and got promoted into the championship um, with QPR. Uh, so you would have been in the same team as... Who else went to QPR and got promoted? Someone else went. Palms was there. Who? Yeah, mate. Palms, yeah. Yeah, maybe. So it was, I vaguely remember somebody... Boys have got connection with QPR, haven't they? Hyde has been there, Tommy Smith. 
I think Don Foley went for a little bit. Yeah, yeah there, there was right, someone yeah. we spoke to, and it, it might have been. Yeah, there's someone, remember, someone we've spoken to recently played for QPR as well. I can't remember it. Was yeah, there. and he got promoted. Yeah, can't yeah remember I can't remember it was who now. it was. Yeah, that was, would have been 2004, probably. Yeah, 04, yeah. 05, yeah. I can't remember it was now. But you're right, Carl. Someone we've spoken to did talk about this. Recently yeah. got promoted, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. it, yeah. So that, yeah, that was with um, uh, Kevin Gallen, Mark Bircham, Martin Rowlands, Gareth Ainsworth. Decent players. All those boys. Yeah. Gareth Ainsworth, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so good Fantastic. team. Marcus Bignett, I think he's a manager now. But yeah, and then obviously the next season come around, start the championship. I played the first few games and then I was sort of in and out out the team a little bit. And I've got to be honest with you, that sort of two years being injured um, was a hard slog mentally. Sort of just, took its toll on you. a long time. Yeah, it just sort of killed me. Um, were you were you were you ever the same afterwards? Could you ever you know? Could you always feel the knee, or you're always conscious of it, or? Uh, yeah, not, not so much the knee. I, it didn't stop me going in for tackles or anything like that. But it, I just didn't have the same urgency. Like I could see yeah. things happening, but you just couldn't quite get there. Couldn't get there. Yeah, it must be um, frustrating. Of, that, yeah, yeah, because of that first year, I, I couldn't really do much. I lost quite a lot of muscle on, on the outside of my leg um, mm. and I just really struggled to, to get that back power and fitness and I, I was never that quick anyway but <laughs> it just didn't, didn't really come back so yeah it was it was a hard slump. Hello this is Bill Leslie and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Uh, tell us actually why because why, I know Justin's still recording this tell us your version of events, because Michael Hyde told us a, uh, a story that he, he might have upset your missus once at uh, an end-of-season party. Did he throw a drink over her, if I recall? An expensive dress, I think he said, didn't he? Is that he? what he said? He dr- threw it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he, he said did. that, yeah. he, did, he, he did throw it, but he threw And then up. you laughed, apparently. Oh, he threw up! <laughs> oh, he threw up! <laughs> I'm not sure that was Go the story on. you told us, he was it? No, he didn't tell us that. He said uh, it was a I Vivian have, Westwood dress. His actual words were, I might have spilled a drink over her rather expensive dress. Yeah, that's what he said. No, it was a little bit of, uh, yeah, he, he did throw it, but up. That's <laughs> <laughs> quality. Uh, well, that's that changed was, everything. Yes. That's yeah, changed everything. Had, um, one too many brandies or something. Uh, but <laughs> Vanessa, Vanessa had to get Take a dress off and was stood in the ladies' toilets trying to wash it, wash it off before. This was before the dinner. Oh my uh, god! It wasn't even the end of the night. <laughs> Whoops! Fantastic! Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> Punters questions. Here we go. So this comes first question. Uh, Paul Baker. What's Jono's favourite goal? He's given his one, which was against Bristol City away. That's my one as well. That's your favourite. Yeah, oh, volley, one. volley, volley, wasn't it? Carlisle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, another one. What was the keeper doing with that? Yeah, he said. <laughs> <laughs> That's about forty yards out. Forty yards out. Yeah. Why do you? But like... no, Bristol City is your favourite. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just the, the sort of timing of it, the volley, it was oh, quite brilliant. a way out. And yeah. I'd actually um, missed all of pre-season. I think that was my first game back. I, I ruptured my thigh in pre-season. And that, that was that was my first game back. So, mm. yeah, pretty special. What, why do you think you scored so many long-range shots? Because, th- as I said, I watched a, a montage uh, just before we spoke to you. And they were all outside the box, more or less first time. Screamers. Yeah, why? Even the one why, against Luton. Why do you think yeah. you were sort of not doing sort of tap-ins in the box and stuff, and you were whacking them from you, so far? Did you practice you that, it? by the way? Yeah, did, was that yeah. a practicing thing? Just sort of come naturally, really. I, I, 
I find it hard to answer that when people ask. Um, but I, yeah, I was always sort of a, a clean striker of the ball anyway. Um, and I, I just, I remember we might have played, Glenn Roder was manager, I think we might have played Swindon away or something. I was like trying to shoot from everywhere. Got in a heart <laughs> half time, and he's like, ah, Will you stop trying to shoot from like 35 yards? He said, They're never going to go in like that. And then obviously, a How wrong season later, they, they, they started fly, flying in. So. That's, a, that's a nice confidence kicker, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, well, sorry about that. Will he stop? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Just, just one of them things. You must have heard everyone going, shoot, because as soon as the ball came to you in the midfield, even if there wasn't a shot on, everyone was going, shoot. Yeah, I, yeah I've got to be honest with you. When when that first started, I thought I was getting booed, to be fair. <laughs> well, that, that's a question. That, that was my next question. Oh, was it a question? So Sorry. Yeah. Jason's question. There Sorry, Jason. Jason. Yeah. So I used to, you know, before the games, they read out the team sheet and everything and um, it, it used to start when Richard John number ten, Richard Johnson, whatever. Then it'd be shoot, but I'd be thinking they've done booing me already. I haven't even kicked the ball yet. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. I was just going to say it was weird. You'd be in the crowd and you watch the the play, and you'd suddenly see the ball go to you in the midfield, and everyone. It didn't matter if the shot was on or not. Everyone shoot. would just go shoot, <laughs> as if you didn't know that we wanted you to do that for a start. You know, as if you didn't yeah. know we expected you to do it. But when they flew in, uh, man, that was one of my one of my favourite goals as well. It wasn't during the season. We played um, Tottenham at home pre-season. I was at Klingsman. It was Klingsman's. Yes, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I scored a, a screamer. Uh, Ian Walker was in goal, Ian wasn't he? Walker. Yeah, yeah. I remember that goal. and that bounced around, but that, that's probably one of the. If I remember that game, the rookery was being built, and they every ball was like going over every going time. Out, yeah. yeah, and they were yeah. just. Cut, and I think at one point they ran out of balls. <laughs> Hang on, yeah. just before you get a ball. Yeah, I do remember that game with, with fond yeah. memory because it it was sold to the fans as Jurgen Klinsmann's debut. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was it, yeah. Pretty much was, yeah. And I, I think I might have come on as... Um, no, I can't really remember. But I remember because um, when, I, when I was at Liverpool on trial, there was uh, Mrs Salisbury used to live across the road from Anfield in and, and this big old house. And she used to house the apprentices and any trialists and everything. And um, I was on the top floor. And um, Jamie Redknapp turned up just when he left Bournemouth. So I, I remember I was rooming in the same room with uh, Jamie Redknapp whilst I was on trial. <laughs> and obviously I didn't know who he was. No. Uh, but then years later, sort of whenever we bumped in, we used to say hello and stuff like that. And I remember, I think he might have been playing in that game and um, or one game at Vicarage Road. I'd come on a sub or something and like the crowd went nuts. So John, oh, John. And he was like, oh, shit, you've done all right, haven't you? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thinking back to that that day, so yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Lo- loads of memories like that, which is yeah, good to look back on. Yeah, no, that's cool. Right, well, you've answered Jason's question, so we can skip that one. Oh, okay. and Dave, Dave's kind of got this one, uh, but again, you kind of answered this. So, what, what was your favourite goal you scored? Your uh, his was the winning goal in injury time. Oh, I remember this home to Wolves. So that was Graham Taylor's um, yeah first yeah first one back yeah. Yeah, I think that that was my first first goal as well. So yeah, that that was a 
you look back at that now and because the ball got sort of headed out or whatever, and my first touch <laughs> wasn't great. Touch of a bricklayer. I was lucky to come come off his studs and had a little bit of backspin on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I just just ran up, ran up and belted it, and I think Neil Emblem, I think, had just scored the equaliser um, for them yeah. a little bit before that. And, yeah, I remember everybody jumping in on on a pile in in our own half, and I think they tried to take a quick. Quick kickoff, quicker, uh, yeah, to get good yeah. down the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just um, a, a question for me. What? So, just to cover it, what are you, what are you doing at the club at the moment, John? What's your, what's your kind of role? Because I know it, it's come out. You, you were doing. You've been at the club or back at the club for, for quite some time, and uh, yeah. even I've had that sort of correspondence with you. What you were doing before, but just explain for for the guys that are listening. What, what's your new role? What you, what you're doing now? Yeah. So obviously, I've been back at the club nearly three years full-time now I've worked on the commercial team um yeah. selling the the seasonal hospitality if you like the advertising packages uh looking at sponsorship sort of um deals and things like that so it's pretty much similar sort of role obviously the the academy to a degree obviously the to be a cat too they get funding from the premier league and obviously the club invest money um, to to sort of operate it, um, if you like. But obviously, with, with sort of the way football's gone at the minute and the current climate financially for everything, I've, I've sort of gone there to look at it a little bit more commercially. Um, okay, to, yeah. Yeah, potential uh, local biz- businesses getting involved sponsorship-wise or um, a little bit of um, uh, advertising with the club. Uh, so just little bits and pieces that can try and help. But predominantly it's to give the boys opportunities. Um, so I, I, w- I want to get enough on board so we can offer every age group at least an international tour or a tournament within the UK. Wow. Um, cool. to, to go out and have that experience of playing different against different cultures, different teams and, and things like that. So a big driving force for me is to give the players opportunities um mm. so yeah just things like i know sort of post covid obviously when we're allowed to travel again but i know from personal experience when i was in the youth team we, we used to go play tournaments at the end of the season in france and i think it, it just you learn to grow up quite quickly as a player yeah yeah play against different cultures and mm. styles of football so mm. that that's that's a big um sort of driving force for me um also, what we touched on earlier about player welfare. Yeah, uh, I'd like to set up a, a mentor program. Um, cool. For the boys. So, obviously, I, I've got history of coming through the youth here, um, but just boys like Gifton, Robbo, Doily, Tommy Smith, mm. um, Pagey, people, Gibbo, people that have players that have come through our academy, gone on to have careers, and yeah, I, I suppose as well because of the catchment area that we are um like Jordan, um Jaden Sancho like the bigger clubs can come pick in from from Watford but I think if we can have that sort of feel of that the players are loved and the communication with the parents is is on point and yeah get an idea of their pathway of what it could be at the club then I think we've got a better chance to hold on to hold on to players. So yeah, I mean that that's a huge issue, isn't it? For for even uh, as a supporting, you know, trying to build supporters as as outside of it is 
the catchment area is is, is a huge issue. You've got Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea's down the road and yeah. straight away it's the Premier League sort of dreaming team and you know, yeah. you kinda I think Watford does very well on the values of, of what going back what Graham had, you know, the family values and I know people who support Arsenal or, or, or Chelsea who bring their kids to Watford because it's that kind of it's that kind of way to get kids into football and get into the environment, you know, because Watford's a, it's kind of a, a safer environment, let's say, than going to yeah. Chelsea in the in the in their heads. I'm not saying yeah. it is, but of course. But um, I think that's, I think that's brilliant, and you know, I hope that that goes really well for you because that's a that's a real um, yeah. It's a yeah, it's a, uh, it's a massive thing in football at the moment. Massive thing, yeah. you know, and it, it it needs to be addressed because as you as you covered, you know, the poor lad from Man City, and, and I'm sure there's other horror stories out there where where you know they they just don't make it and they're football's their life and you know I know that as a supporter and Justin we're the same football's everything you know that's what yeah. I do when I, when I important, could, yeah. without Covid I went to football it, yeah. you know that was it it was the day and it and it wasn't a lot of the times and I'll tell you the truth a lot of the times football ruined the bloody day because like, <laughs> we we travel the other end of the country and it would be you know we get stuffed and oh for god so we've got four hours to go home but yeah. it wasn't about that it was about being with your mates and yeah, you know exactly. singing together you know and all that sort of stuff and it yeah. It is, especially for for men, because we we don't say enough. We don't say that we're down and we're a bit we're feeling a bit crappy. And you know, if if anyone, I'm glad it's all now a conversation that we're we're able to have. And you know, if the club are are backing it from a young age, that's yeah. brilliant. You know, that's, that's just that's good, the family yeah. that's the family club that I you know I love. Yeah. So yeah, and sort of for me, it's sort of coming back home. Really, obviously, the the upbringing I had with with Kenny Jacket and. Uh, Sort of the the values he instilled in me. Listen, it it wasn't easy. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, but I think as long as you're having honest and open conversations with players throughout the whole process and with the yeah. family as well, and it's uh, manage those expectations if you like, then then it it, it it can only be a good thing. So yeah, that that'll be a big part of it as well. Um, but yeah, just just looking at sort of getting connected with local businesses that sort of have a connection with the club and just looking for a, yeah, a bit of sort of financial support to help support the boys really coming through. No, cool. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's best great. of luck with that. That's awesome. On a, on a slightly, well, on a totally different topic, Jono, how do you see our season panning out? Because obviously this season's been a bit odd. We've had uh, some very bad football, I'm going to say. Go, that, yeah, but up. now there's a definite <laughs> lift. There's a definite lift. So what do you reckon? Do you reckon we're going to go up? Do you reckon we're going to go up automatically? Well, it's in our own hands, isn't it? Now, yeah. Um, so we've we've got that little little buffer. It's better to have the points on the board than have sort of games in hand. In my in my sort of yeah. Opinion, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's in our. I think uh, Tom Cleverley's not far off being fit. So listen, the, the squad we've got, we should be top two in in my opinion. Anyway, yeah. And I think um, when when Vlad was in. It, probably a little bit too defensive the way we played and yeah. sort of too structured four four two. We didn't really sort of come away from that that theme. But I think um Cisco's come in, he's so bubbly and energetic and um don't get me wrong, it took him a little bit to find his feet and yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. But I think changing the the system to four three three, um getting Will Hughes back in the middle of that park. Yeah. Uh top level he's obviously been a standout and then Given Sa the freedom in that sort of role, uh, yeah, to go and express himself, yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Um, before that, he was sort of having to track back and do yeah. a little bit of defending, and yeah. they, teams were doubling up on him or getting really tired. There was just no space or opportunities, but he seems to be sort of coming in off the line now, getting in little pockets, picking things up, but he's running in behind. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're just playing really well, so we're good mm. shape, and I've got to be honest, I, I get a feeling, well, I, I know it because I'm, I'm there all the time, that the sense of togetherness that we've got now that I haven't seen in a few years. Yeah, um, that's well, that's good to hear. Absolutely, yeah, and yeah. I know probably the the game against Bournemouth. You you don't want to see that live on telly, but the as a manager, I, I would have been so proud that they all stuck together and they were yeah. all in it together. This, this is what um, we've yeah. said. We've said this. The owners probably aren't too happy at the fine, but um, no, no, <laughs> but. I think that game kind of galvanised the whole situation, and it's come out as well that I think they had a, a you know a good strong conversation about the Coventry performance up at uh, in Birmingham because it you know it it, it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty, mm. um, but you know me and Justin have been doing this podcast pretty much through COVID, so we we've, we've kind of seen the two halves of this season, and you know the difference is just you know night and day, it's just incredible, yeah. and that and that's down to the. The players, really, mm. the attitudes of the players, and just feeling comfortable in a in a system that suits the players. And mm. uh, listen, that they've they've been brilliant um, for for me. But yeah, l- looking towards the end of the season, you look at those last four games: Norwich, <laughs> Brentford, yes. Millwall, and Swansea. Last game, yeah, of the season, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be in our, in our own hands. I'd like to I'd like to have promotion wrapped up at Kenilworth Road. To be fair, that's <laughs> kind of my dream. I'd yeah. like to go and what confirm it. Confirm it there at Kenilworth Road. So that's what four games from the end. So I'm probably going to oh, struggle, okay. but yeah, but it'd be nice. That would be nice. You no, know, listen, everyone's positive. We've got a great chance. I, I, I can't see any reason why we we shouldn't be in that top two. But fantastic. Yeah, there's, there's a long way to go, I suppose. There yeah, is. it's a championship. You never know, do you? But that's fingers it. crossed. Hi everyone, it's Nick Wright. You're listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I, I just want to say, look, as as a fan um, and all the work that you you know you're doing, as, but as a player, I want to go back to that. It was an absolute honour to to watch you in the in the yellow and the goals you scored. And uh, listen, you're you're always going to be up there as as not just as a as my favourite player, but do you know what, as a personality, because whenever I speak to you on the phone or whatever, you are the nicest bloke to talk to, and and I mean that, and and. Never change, never change. Because honestly, I, I, I can't say speak highly enough of you. Honestly, you're you're exact. You're everything that encapsulates Watford. You know, yeah. so well done, champion. Thank you. Well, was... Are you gonna Are you gonna pay me for that now? <laughs> <say> that. <laughs> for, for, for me, uh, for me, John, it was a pleasure watching you play for us. Um, I just used to love watching you play. You played with such spirit and fun, and you know the the long range goals just sort of topped it off. I think so. Yeah, I was. I was so pleased when Carl said Richard's going to come on the, the the podcast. I was like, oh, fantastic! That's fantastic. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really anytime so grateful anytime. for you to come. Yeah, if you've got anything, need to fill a gap, just give us a shout, <laughs> mate. We'll we'll definitely come back to you, especially at the end of the season. And, well, I will tell you what, I do, Jono. Right, because I've got the pub. If we ever uh, do a where, you, I assume you're local, aren't you? Obviously, don't. No, I'm, I'm I'm round in Brentwood now. Oh, you're down there, are you? Yeah. So oh, right, when we move. When we moved back from Australia, this is where my wife's um, family. So they're got all you, got you, got you, got you. Well, we got, fairly now we'd get you in the pub and do something in the pub. You know, there's a few beers I owe you for for the goals. I mean, you scored no, 20 I mean, goals, so that's 20 I mean, points. I mean, isn't it? 
I'm in Northwood quite a bit, to be fair. I've got a couple of mates there, so... Cool. Yeah, All right, well, we'll try and sort something Fantastic, then. yeah, yeah I'll next be there. It's <laughs> 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 not open yet, are you? There'll be a knock at the door. <laughs> we don't open to the 12th, go there'll away. Be a, there'll be a tent in the beer garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's our Australian, don't worry about him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jono, right. it's Jono, been have a, a good one, mate. Absolute Top pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.